If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm delighted to be with you, bringing you interviews, um, reflections on this vacation rental industry that we absolutely love, and, and any other information I think that you will find useful. It's been a while since I did a weather check from here in Ontario. Well, it's hot. It's summer. I think we're all experiencing the heat right the way across uh, ac- across North America. Uh, I think there's very few places that aren't feeling the effects of of the summer, which is lovely. As I mentioned before, we're getting a few complaints about the heat. As we, we go into the next couple of weeks, we've got a lot of humidity. We also have a lot of, I mean, most of the Ontario province has, um, on, the province of Ontario has fire bans because it is so dry. And unfortunately, many people who are coming out of the city and heading out to our cottage country region see having a campfire as a really integral part of their vacation. And to be told that this is something they cannot do this year is is hitting hard with some of them and we are being asked for refunds as ever we'd like a refund because we can't have a campfire it's like are you kidding i seem to use that expression a lot you know are you kidding me and i know they're not they're all deadly serious but they don't really think around the topic it's just that in their heads having a campfire is part of the whole cottage country experience and to have a vacation without, well, it's probably going to bring us some poor reviews. And that's the nature of the beast, I'm afraid. We will expe- expect that because not being able to sit and roast their mar- marshmallows and tell stories around a campfire is is going to impact some families who have planned this for months and months and months. Unfortunately, you know, what I'm saying is at least it's not raining for every day of your vacation, in which case you could have a campfire, but you probably wouldn't want to. We'll we'll have some unhappy guests, but uh, we will deal with it. One thing that's gone very quiet around here this summer, as it as it always does, is any talk about um, regulations or legislation, and it's it's something that has become more and more active in our region over the past year. But it does tend to die down in the summer. Everybody's busy and it will rear its ugly head again in September. I know this and I'm expecting it. But we are going to be prepared. We're beginning to collaborate with other agencies. We'll probably be looking at um, putting some groups together of independent owners and looking at coming together as one to create a very central voice um, so although the smaller regions are uh, putting together their small groups, we are hoping that we'll get a much larger group. So it's going to be front and center for us uh, as, as we get into the fall and into next year. And I know what's, what's happened here, as in many other places, is that the amount of short-term rental properties coming on the market has increased significantly 
uh, since Airbnb came into the market. It's, it's made it much simpler for some people to get in and just start offering the odd days, the odd weekends, anytime they're not using their property. Unfortunately, it has brought with it a lot of irresponsible rental. I, you know, I heard from my son, Mike, that one of his best friends who has a gorgeous cottage had it trashed recently by an Airbnb group. And just this last week, I had a call from one of our guests at one of our managed cottages who to tell me that they, they were at their wits end because neighboring, a neighboring rental group was hooting and hollering into, into the small hours of the morning and making life pretty unpleasant for them. So, uh, you know, we had to go look and find that cottage, which was on listed, listed on Airbnb, and then get in touch with the owner and say, please, get hold of your guests and ask them to tone it down. Now, as a responsible rental agency, we do this with our guests anyway. We, we instruct them as to what the bylaws are. Uh, we make sure that we restrict rental groups to the amount the property will accommodate. and We don't allow any more and make it very restrictive on those who would want to um, uh, over-occupy a property. And unfortunately, it's, it doesn't tend to be the same within the Airbnb hosting population. I'm not, I, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not saying that this is the norm throughout the Airbnb hosting population. But certainly for, for some people who are just getting into it for the money and who are not really interested in the hospitality side of it or in... Uh, collaborating with their neighbors so that the neighbors understand what they're doing. You make a commitment to rent responsibly. Unfortunately for us, we have a lot of those and it's going to be impacting us when we get into the fall and we start talking people, the municipalities, the townships start talking about regulations again. So as you can tell, regulations is the topic of this podcast. So don't go switching off because this is not a, cute, sexy topic like Instagram or taking the best photos or renovating your property. This is just as important, if, if not more important, because the ugly head of legislation hanging over us has the potential to shut people down. And it has done across the world. So getting to grips with what legislation is all about, what advocacy all is all about is really, really important. So I'd love you to stay with us because my guest today is somebody who not only manages her own properties in, in Nashville, Tennessee, she, she's also the president of the Nashville Area Short-Term Rental Association. She does a lot to help uh, other vacation rental owners and managers navigate through the short-term rental regulatory aspects of her local area. It's Megan McRae. I met her at the Vacation Rental Success Summit earlier this year. I'm really delighted that she's joining me today to talk about, gen to talk about advocacy in general and also to help us with how we can take action to deal with anything that might arise in our own areas. So without further ado, let's move on over to my interview with Megan McRae. 
So I'm delighted to have with me today, Megan McRae, who's joining me from Nashville. Megan, thank you so much for coming along and um, spending some time with me today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to tackle what is a very, very important issue to me and something that I think should be a very important issue to everybody. Excellent. And we're going to explore a lot of aspects of this whole regulations, legislation, whatever. And we're going to talk about the word advocacy in a moment and Perfect. What, it, what it actually means. <laughs> yes. can, we, can we kick off by you just telling us about your vacation homes, um, where they are, and, and how you actually got into the business in the first place? Sure. Well, uh, for us, it all started with a fixer-upper that we turned into a vacation rental here in Nashville. And for me personally, it was just, I kind of fell in love. I wasn't expecting it. I thought it would just be a hobby. So fast forward to today, and my husband and I have uh, two vacation rental homes and three studios all in the Nashville area. Four of them are traditional short-term rentals, and one is what we call our extended stay short-term rental, which is a 30- to 90-day stay. I say it was a hobby because, for me, I started hosting mostly because I love travel. Um, I've traveled all over the world for work and, of course, personally, too, but I didn't really start doing that until I was in my mid-20s, and I can't believe what an impact it had on my life and how it changed my view of people and the world and even my own community. It all felt so small until I started traveling. And I thought, well, man, if for me, it's made me a more understanding person and opened my eyes, it's certainly going to do that for other people too. So when I started hearing more and more about short-term rentals and the growth there, and how it's opened the door for other people, including myself, to go to places and have experiences that I just never thought I could do. It was something that I felt like was so much bigger than me and something that I could get involved in. Before I moved to Nashville, I actually traveled here for work for several years. And I remember everybody locally telling me, don't go over the bridge. And over the bridge is an area we call East Nashville. So pretty much I stuck to Broadway. And When I finally moved here and went over the bridge, which is actually where one of our homes is now, I found this whole other world of like the real Nashville beyond just Broadway. And I thought, man, I can like show that to other people and help other people experience that the way I've been able to experience other cities. Well, you must have, um, you you know, John Oden, uh, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. Very Um, good friends with John and his (laughs) wife, Ellen. (laughs) I hadn't really understood about Nashville and the short-term rental scene there until until mm-hmm. I spoke to John and saw Matt land as a sense of place. Right. And, and it really opened my eyes to, uh, I don't, I don't actually know Broadway. I, I haven't, I've, I've stayed in, around Nashville, but never gone into it. But I, I just got this sense that there is so much there in Nashville that we don't normally see in, in the media representation of it. Oh, yeah. It's it's much more than cowboy hats and cowboy boots and country music. And and today, bachelorettes and bachelors, it's, it's, it's so much more than that. And honestly, I moved here for my job at the time. And I assumed we'd be here for maybe a few years before I moved on to the next place. And we just, my husband and I both just fell in love. And so here we are five and a half years in. And I just, I don't ever see us leaving. Oh, that's fantastic. Speaking to John and then now speaking to you is, is sort of, consolidating my 
desire to come to Nashville and to experience some of this because it just sounds like it's a really great place to come. And and this is what short-term rentals, particularly in urban areas now, seem to be a lot more about as, as opposed to the destination. I mean, you were talking before we, uh, before we started saying that you were brought up in Cocoa Beach. So mm-hmm. you know, also know the other side of it, the destination Absolutely. side of vacation rentals. And we were just exploring the idea um, before I started recording about um, you know, th- that, that difference that vacation rentals in those destination areas has been going on for so long, you know, probably 30, 40 years or not, if, if not longer. And mm-hmm. yet the uh, rise of the urban market has been relatively recent. And of course, right. what comes with that, of course, is the um, the specter of legislation and regulations, because a lot of these urban areas, as far as I can see, have difficulty in figuring out how to cope with it. So that's the topic of our discussion today. And as I said in the introduction, folks, please stay with us and listen to this, because I think there's a lot, really a lot of good stuff to come here, because we hear a lot about regulations and legislation in large um, cities, places like San Diego, places like Seattle, like Nashville, but it's happening everywhere, even in the tiniest little township. We have a township near us called Highlands East. It has a very small population and the majority of that population in the summer is rentals, rental properties, and yet they're looking to ban rentals altogether. And it's not something we'd ever have dreamed that was going to happen a year ago let alone you know longer so this could happen to anybody so that really is my my intro to this and I'm going to give it over much to Megan to talk about regulations legislation and what's known as advocacy so let's let's start there I think my view might be a little different than a lot of people because of my background. You know, I spent 19 years in the media industry, mostly in advertising and marketing. And I have seen how um, changes in technology and consumer patterns have changed entire industries. I was, I always joke, I was born into the newspapers, right? And as you might imagine, and as you've seen, there's been a lot of change there. So when I'm looking at this, I'm thinking of it as, you know, this is way more, to me anyway, than just Nashville. This is way more than what's happening in your own backyard. This is really a global issue with what I think is going to have a ripple effect if it's not already. Um, You have to stop looking at just the here and now and whatever proposed at this moment, if it doesn't impact you right now, that doesn't mean that it won't in the future. Um, I think that... Uh, sort of an aha moment for me was when I was talking to my grandma, who, as I said, is, you know, my family's from Florida and she had seen on the news that locally they were putting a ban on Airbnb and two thoughts ran through my head. Like what the vacation cap vacation rental capital of the world. And they're putting a ban. Are you kidding me? Uh, Of course that was my first thought. And my second was, you know, she's all worried about me thinking, oh my gosh, honey, you're about to quit your job (laughs) to do this. And what are you getting into? Are you going to be impacted? And I think of all the people like her who are watching what's happening in their own area. And it's probably going to make them think twice about using a vacation rental in the future. And um, you look at all of these quote unquote neighborhood groups that are advocating. And I know ours, we have an actual 
coalition that was formed that is specifically for anti-short-term rentals. And they tell people, don't stay in vacation rentals, don't use Airbnb, don't use VRBO and HomeAway because you're contributing to the demise of neighborhoods. And I start to think, okay, well, you know, people from Nashville go to Florida. Is that going to make them think twice because they've seen what's happening here in Nashville before they book a home? Or what about the people who showed up here and there was somebody operating illegally and they get here and the doors are locked because they've been shut down? You think that's going to make them want to stay at a vacation rental again? So to me, it's it's about you know not only being legal, but being a good neighbor. It's about the sense of community and then, of course, the regulation component of it. How mm-hmm. has this whole debate um, impacted your local area? I mean, you, you mentioned that you've got a couple of properties that do traditional short-term rental, which is, you know, mm-hmm. as, as the word is short-term, but you have one that's um, longer, um, 30 days plus. Is that, right. is that because of regulations? It is, yeah. <laughs> it would be a short-term rental, but it is because of regulations. One of the many rules that we have here is that uh, you cannot have two short-term rentals on the same property, and this property shares uh, is shared with one of our traditional short-terms. So the front portion of the property is used as traditional, and the back is used as that extended stay because a short-term rental is, in Nashville anyway, anything that's less than 30 consecutive days. What other rules are there? I could read a laundry list, but I think the the high level right now is in this past earlier this year, um, and there were 15 different bills over a course of 15 uh, months, so about one a month that led to this. And what we ended up with here in Nashville was a ban on what they call non-owner occupied, where someone's sharing a home that they don't live in, and... Um, that's in residential areas. It is allowed in commercial zones and what they call multifamily zones, some of them. And then also they no longer allow an owner occupied or somebody even just sharing a room to be in anything but a natural person. So for instance, somebody who owns their home in a trust or an LLC can no longer get a permit as an owner occupied in that home. When the bill originally passed, they were giving all permit holders who would have been impacted until the year 2020, and we would have had to stop operating at that point. Once that passed, we obviously turned our efforts toward the state level and the state, even though the original bill um, that we were supporting got very much uh, eroded and stripped down, the state ended up passing that if you were operating legally prior to a certain legislation uh, or rule or, or ban, that you would be allowed to continue as long as you were doing it legally before. So in the state of Tennessee, that means you were granted a permit or you were paying your sales tax for six consecutive months if you're in a city that didn't have a permit process. This sounds really convoluted. It's so complicated. For me, the, the hardest part and the hardest thing to see is I just it turned into such an ugly debate. And I think that obviously had a lot to do with why people uh, don't want to get involved in this, I think. But ultimately, it made people kind of afraid to speak out. And one of the things that I would say, if we could do it all over again, I mean, there's a lot I think we could all do over again. But we were always being reactive instead of proactive. That was the latest headline. We had to come back and give stats or data to basically say, this is an anomaly or whatever. 
instead of proactively sharing all of the things that were positive about what we do for our community and for our city. And one of our members actually came up with this idea that I personally think flipped the conversation and changed the tides at the state level, which was to start a social campaign with the hashtag HomeShareHelps. And we had everybody share their stories on what it helped them do, whether it's stay at home with their family, leave their full-time job. Even if they weren't a vacation rental owner, we had cleaners and lawn service companies sharing how home sharing has helped them, businesses. And so that's why I go back to when we talk about advocacy, it isn't just fighting regulation, it's being part of the community, engaging in the community, and ultimately supporting all of those who have come to rely on us. You mentioned to me that you know, many hosts don't want to get involved. What, what are the reasons for that? What, what would you say to them to encourage them to do so? Sure. You know, I think um, part of it is that it's fear hits their, they don't think it's going to affect them. I mean, there's so many reasons that I've heard, but what I would say is, um, again, don't think of it just as regulation. I think people are exhausted with political debates in today's world. And I, I understand it can be scary to put yourself out on a limb. But at the end of the day, we have got to come together as a host community. I don't care if you share the home you live in or you don't live there, whatever. We can't divide into subsegments of hosts. We have to come together and realize that um, at the crux of this, a lot of regulation stems from people thinking this is, quote unquote, commercial activity. Well, whether you live there or not, they could say that about you. And I've seen firsthand in Nashville that as soon as one thing comes, it's something else. And so get involved now before you're being reactive. The other thing I think that I would love to see people change just how they talk about themselves in their homes and we were talking about this earlier too, Heather, is they call themselves an Airbnb. They call themselves a VRBO. And certainly those are great platforms to market your home on. But at the end of the day, they're, they're their own businesses. And, you know, this ban in Nashville, uh, when it was proposed, you know, at the end of the day, Airbnb, VRBO, and HomeAway, they're going to recover from that. But you know who won't? I won't. <laughs> I won't financially. Um, I wouldn't, you know, just even emotionally. Like, this has become such a passion of mine that I would be devastated. And I look at the people who are members that stay at home with their children because of this. And, and this is life-altering. So if you go around calling yourself an Airbnb, you're going to be looked at more like your big business than really what you are, which is you're a vacation rental homeowner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that we've got to stop relying on the platforms to kind of do the dirty work. We, we have to get involved. We have to activate. Otherwise, the attacks on them are going to, we're the ones who are going to greatly be impacted by that. I think that's a really important point. And, and we, we, we laugh at times that, you know, the Air Airbnb became a verb very, very quickly. It did. Um, <laughs> right. I had, a, I had an email from a lady the other day and, and she, she was wanting to book a property through our, uh, our, our property management company. And, and she said, oh, I've never done this before. I've only ever Airbnb'd before. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, you know it's we had, crazy yeah and we went back and said actually it's you know it's I'm not going to say it's no different. It's actually a lot better, but to, right. <laughs> to, book, to book direct. But, you know, it's, it's like an ed. Now we're doing the education process with people <laughs> over something that they were already educated about years ago. Right. You know, this is not the new, right. new thing that people think it is. So you're the, um, the president of the Nashville Area Short-Term Rental Association. So you actually have an organization that can do that, that can begin to take action. And I know from, you know, talking to Derek Eaton in mm-hmm. Seattle, who has Rachel Indec in Baltimore. There's, there's so many people out there who, who are involved in their local associations. What, if there isn't a local organization, what do people do? Well, they could start one. <laughs> um, and I know that's easier said than done. So I think, you know, if you're not ready to, to fully jump in and take that on, there's so many ways that you can connect with hosts. I mean, we're all part of Facebook groups and you could certainly go on some of the more national or global ones and ask if there are hosts in your area who might be interested in having an area specific group. Um, Look for them. I mean, there are ones that I didn't even know existed for Nashville that I found. And once you start that, you know, start these meetups. I think Debbie DeHart in Portland's a great example with host to host and, you know, it, it kind of started as a group that has evolved into this great organization. Um, if you do have an area where there's permitting or some sort of registration with the city, you could absolutely go and look at that because it's typically public record. Um, but honestly, the thing that I have found to be the most successful is just tell everyone what you're up to and what you're doing. You would be shocked at how many people are interested, who want to help, who want to make connections. I post about it on social media and I talk to my friends about it. So next thing you know, if one of their friends mentions, hey, we're thinking of doing this or we do this, the first thing they say is, oh, you've got to connect with Megan. I've talked to our realtors, our insurance person, our cleaners, because they probably touch a lot of the same people or people who have short-term rentals. And, you know, I get, they can't always pass along somebody else's information to me, but I always tell them, you know, tell them to connect with me. And I have cards that are for my rentals. I've got cards for NASTRA, which is our local organization. And I just give them to everybody I know. And people want to connect. I think there is a, a genuine feeling of, wanting that connection. So those are some really good ways to get started if you if you don't have an organization. And and certainly for, for the and there's so many people who are out there on Facebook groups contributing. Right. So really meeting up, getting together with people in your local area is no different to that except you're doing it face to face. So so what what general advice can you give to hosts who who want to get um involved in some way? Sure. Well, first of all, I I would be remiss if I didn't say just number one, please operate legally, (laughs) you know, do your homework and make sure you're operating legally. Um, But beyond that, obviously be a good neighbor. Um, I think you can set the right expectation with your guests so that you don't cause problems. Make sure your neighbors know how to contact you, even if you're not a local host. Um, Obviously I'm going to tell you if there is an organization in your area join it because there's often a a very small group of people in the whole scheme of things anyway, that are 
really passionate and, and want to fight for you and want to work with you. And they need the support. I can tell you as Nastra, we need the support. So I would certainly encourage people to do that. Um, also connect with local businesses. When I first started, I was just going to all the stores that I normally went to, coffee shops, all of that, and let them know, hey, we've got a vacation rental down the road. Can I put some cards or brochures in? And often they'd say, oh, I'd love to give a discount because they want to get people in. Um, tag them in social media if you have an account that you're sharing with your guests and put them in your guidebook. I think all of these things are ways that you can contribute to the community. And I truly believe if you're giving to the community, you know, it'll give back to you. Um, and then lastly, I would say just talk to your representatives, even if there's not an issue or a proposed legislation on the table they need to know who you are because you're not Airbnb and you're not HomeAway. You are an owner. And um, as a property owner, you're a human who could be impacted by any future decisions that are made. And you want to have that connection and that discussion before it becomes an issue if you can. That's that's such an important um, point, Megan, about separating yourself as an individual from the entities. Um you know, we've, we touched on that before, but I, I just wanted to reiterate that because we can just get swallowed up into this this big blanket of the the platforms. And, and I just love the idea to, to go out, you know, talk to local businesses as as just an independent entity. Um, Tyanne Marsink was talking about this in the um, episode last week when she started uh, a new property and she had an open house and invited people from the local businesses to come to the open house so they could look at the property and she said what she got from that was a lot of local businesses saying that when they had people coming into the area to visit them as a business then they would be sending them to stay so it has a twofold benefit earlier you mentioned why you feel some people might not get involved so what's at risk if you don't and I think the answer is fairly clear, but, you know, just just reiterate what is at risk right. if you if you just stick your head in the sand, basically. Aside from the obvious, right, many people's livelihoods, many people's passions, all of that. Um, I think those are the obvious things that are at risk. But if you're not involved, you can miss things, right? You cannot realize the impact that you're having on your community. I feel a sense of responsibility now to my cleaners, to the handyman that I hire probably every week because something comes up and they rely on us too. And so just, just accept that it obviously impacts you, but this is so much bigger than you. Um, if we all do that, then this is something that truly could impact short-term rentals across the globe because guests are going to start thinking, well, I don't know I, I, if it's illegal here, maybe it's illegal there. I don't want to get into a situation. I don't want to do anything wrong. And in the end of the day, I think what we all really miss out on is that human connection, what travel gives to us and what we would miss out on giving to guests through amazing experiences and what we as hosts get out of that, which is amazing connection to, to the world around us. So to me, again, it's, it's much bigger than me. We'd probably recover. We'd, we'd find a way to succeed. But think about all the other stuff that goes along with it and think of this as an issue that's much bigger than you'll ever be. I think there's another factor that's coming into it, and we're just hearing more more and more about this at, at the moment, and that's the hotels that mm-hmm. are 
mm-hmm. getting into <laughs> this space. You know, we look at um, right. Hyatt and Marriott and Accor Hotels. They're mm-hmm. all expanding their business into this space. And they're marketing it from the perspective that, you know, okay, guys, we've been in the hospitality industry for generations, for years. And right. we can offer consistency. We can offer um, a product that is born out of many, many years of experience. And that's that's what they're putting across. And so, so this is just another battle that's out there. And we've always known that hotels, you know, are, are on the side of, the legislation that limits vacation rentals but now they're getting into this space i think it's something we've got to watch out for as well oh i absolutely agree when we had one of our first state hearings it was crazy to me that in the news what got reported was that airbnb and homeaway had four lobbyists sitting in the same room at the same time there were 50 50 people from the hotel lobby in the same room it didn't get mentioned and so i think that is the silent killer in all of this is um, what's happening behind the scenes there. And I, I truly believe there's a place for everybody in this. I don't want to bash hotels. I think it's just different, you know, and I, but they are concerned, you know, and, and so they are probably looking at this much differently than we as vacation rental owners would be. Yes, there was a, there was an article in the New York times just, uh, just recently about this, this very thing, you know, that, that they are finally seeing vacation rentals as uh, as, as an adjunct to their, mm-hmm. their core product. And, of course, it was coming, but now it's coming, and it's coming very, very fast at us. Right. And it's just, Absolutely. It's just something that we've got to uh, to keep in mind. I, I think all this stuff does come really fast and can hit us from left field. We're just not prepared for something when it does come. It's like the, the big platforms changing their algorithms and making some change that all of a sudden they're, they're asking you to do one thing and then overnight they change the goalposts. Um, so I think being organized, being active in in this whole business, and it, which is more than just being hospitable, um, is so important. If you lose your ability to operate, all of the other stuff doesn't really matter, right? Um, all the stuff we spend so much time learning about and doing, um, that goes down the wayside. So I think it's really important to to do it before it becomes an issue. And obviously, if it's already an issue, it's not too late to do it. You still need to do it. But if you can and you have the opportunity to be organized, you'll be much further ahead. I think of us and, you know, luckily we had a great group who started our organization that, um, you know, kind of coincided with the timing of the first legislation, but had that been done even a year before, I can't think of how much better off we may have been in all of this. Yeah. And I think it's important to mention that legislation and regulations aren't altogether a bad thing. If they're right, if absolutely. They're, if they're done, if they're done right, we we've been saying up here in Ontario that uh, that um, some some form of regulation would be a great thing if it was consistent and 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 had some because we don't have any taxes. We don't as as hosts wow. owners, we don't pay any taxes. Wow, you could just open up your vacation rental and off you go. And all these small municipalities and townships are saying, well, you know, we should have some sort of licensing. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with licensing if it's going to, you know, help the, the, the general hosting population and the guest population. 
so that guests know exactly what to expect and and hosts are not operating under the radar. Our organization here has never advocated for no regulation. We've always just advocated for fair regulation. And I think that's what it boils down to is it's got to make sense for everybody. And I, I think that what you tend to see is that when these cities come in and place a ban, um, think New York, right? Yeah. Uh, all you do is drive people to do it wrong. And all you do is drive people underground. And so I think if you are more focused on being fair and reasonable and finding solutions, then you encourage people to do it the right way and you weed out some of those bad actors. In that journey towards fair regulation, it does require people to come together and organize and, and put together a proposal that, that may, may contrast with the more extreme one that <laughs> opponents may produce in the first place. Yeah. And, and one thing I would just say to that too is uh, absolutely requires people to come to the table, but you also have to be willing to give a little. I think that's something where, and I didn't hit on this as one of the examples, but when we talked about people not getting involved, I think a lot of people thought, well, I, I don't want to get involved. I don't want to support that. I don't want rules. And I think that unfortunately that that then turned into the extreme of, well, we have one big role, which is now you just can't do it. And I think that if you're not willing to concede, then you just have these two very different forces coming together like oil and water and no one gets anywhere, no one mixes. And quite frankly, our organization probably has caught a little flack over that because we did concede in some areas, but we felt it was necessary in order to meet the city halfway, or at least try to. Um, and I think that that's something that people need to understand is that this isn't always going to be perfect, but I'd rather have some limitations and some regulation and not have the wild, wild west where, and I think you get the wild, wild west one of two ways, no regulation and or a total ban is what causes the wild, wild west. So if you're not willing to concede, that's probably what you're going to end up with. Yeah, great points. Um, Megan, tell me, tell us about the hospitality creator. Well, sure. That is my new, as in uh, about a week and a half old now, um, business that I've started just because I love doing this. I, um, like I said, this started as a hobby for me. And all of a sudden, people started asking me for help with the design of their uh, vacation rental or, hey, how do you do this? How do you get good rates? How do you stay in the rankings? How do you get good reviews? And um, I just like helping people. And that's kind of in my nature and my background, like I said, is in marketing. So when I started getting asked, I thought, hey, you know what? This could be a thing for me. And I've recently uh, left my full-time job and am now a consultant for that company part-time, which I love. I still love that company. But this allows me to kind of um, have my my hands still in the marketing world and help people with that, um, but also really take what I've learned and translate that to vacation rentals. That, that's wonderful. I, I always love to see people who, who do this, who, yeah. <laughs> who, who are taking their passion for this right. business to the next level. And it's wonderful. I know the hospitality creator is very new and, and it's still a little bit of a work in progress. But I, if, if it's okay with you, I will put a link to it on the, on the show notes. 
Yeah, absolutely. The website will be ready this weekend. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Megan, it's been an absolute delight to uh, to talk with you. We we only got a very brief chance to um, to chat at the Vacation Rental Success Summit, and uh, you know, wish wish we'd had more time. But I'm sure we will get together at some point in the future. And just like to thank you so much for being with me. Thank you so much. I think, you know, you've talked about coming to Nashville again. I'm thinking it might be the next VRSS location. <laughs> I, it's definitely on the, it's on the cards for sure. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I do look forward to connecting more, whether it's in Nashville or anywhere. Thank you. Well, I'm trusting you stayed to the end there because that was a really interesting discussion with Megan. She really knows her stuff about advocacy, regulations, legislation, and is so passionate about it. And certainly about, you know, passionate about people creating community. And quite an interesting discussion we, you know, we had before and after that recording, just talking about how the uh, the big platforms, the Airbnb platform, the HomeAway, VRBO, has has many of us talking in terms of, you know, we are an Airbnb. No, you're not. You're not an Airbnb. You're not a VRBO property. You are your brand, your own property. And how important it is to retain that independence and individuality, even if you do just use one platform, which, as you know, is not something I recommend. But um, But even if you do, have that effort at retaining that independence and individuality because if one of these platforms gets hammered in some way you don't you want to be independent of that you don't want to be sort of gathered up into that whole bundle um if if something should occur and you know you never know what's what's around the corner so go to the show notes if you have any comments to make and if you want to uh connect with megan and i will have all the uh, links to NASTRA, which is the, the Nashville Area Short-Term Rental Association, uh, and to the hospitality creator and her her own website for her properties, staynashvillevacationhomes.com. So do go along there so you can check out those links and also to leave any comments. And I'd love to hear if you have issues with uh, regulations in your area. If you have an association, you know, if you want to put that the link to that association in those show notes we'd love that too i I did talk to megan about you know whether there is this is there a comprehensive list somewhere of every association there used to be one um it wasn't kept up to date unfortunately then that of course is the problem for um associations of this nature if you're looking for some uh, an association in your area just go to one of the larger facebook groups you know the hosting journey Say no to VRBO. There's a ton of Facebook groups. You probably are members of several of them. If you're looking, just post a question in those groups. You know, is there an association? Anybody know of an association or a connection in this area or another? Or set up your own meetup. Set up your own meetup in in different er in in your area. I mean, Maria Recruit has has done this in the Niagara region, and it's really successful. She gets together with other hosts quite frequently and they can discuss all these things and out of those small social groups comes action and that's what you need to be doing 
yeah, I'm quite excited about because I know, as as I said, as we get into the fall, I'm going to get into this in with a lot more intention um, because it's going to be hitting us in Ontario quite heavily for 2019, I'm quite sure. So there we are for another week, uh, as ever. It's It's been an well, absolute delight talking to, to Megan, but it's also been a pleasure to bring this episode to you. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll be back with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.